This is Jim Inkster, and you are listening to Talk Louisiana, signature support from the office of Mayor President Sharon Weston Broom of East Baton Rouge Parish. And the show originates from the Investar Tower in Baton Rouge. Robin Dow is producing, and your number, 877-217-5757. Emails go to talk at talklouisiana.org. We begin for a few minutes with a remarkable guy, Ryan Fitzgerald, general manager of the New Orleans Gold Rugby Team, which is starting its seventh season this Saturday. And Ryan is a decorated rugby player, a U.S. Marine, was a pro football scout. And in 2003, following a standout career at Muskego High School as a lock and back row player, he was selected to represent the U.S. World Cup squad in France. So he is a fellow who is a tough guy left uh, rugby for a few years to serve with the U.S. Marines from 2003 to 2007 and had two tours in Iraq with the Marines' 3rd Battalion. Good morning to you, Ryan Fitzgerald. Hello, sir. How are you? I'm doing well, and I can see and and hear you're a man of great enthusiasm. Sounds like you're moving around just a bit, but you've been there since uh, day one when the New Orleans Gold started. Tell us about... uh, a sport that I don't think gets the appreciation it should. Yes, yeah, it's, uh, yeah, unbelievable sport. It's my, uh, you know, I picked it up in high school. It's my twenty-fourth year now total, uh, and seventh year in major league rugby. So, yeah, I've been here since the start, like you mentioned, and uh, yeah, New Orleans as a whole. You know, we've had men's clubs all across the United States for many years. It's, you know, even New Orleans uh, men's club has been around for. 51 years now um and it's been you know it's always amateur and just kind of club rugby in the united states for many years and then in 2017 uh, broke through uh to uh you know started off small with only seven teams and now it's up to 12 you know so major league rugby is uh here and here to stay uh fast pace uh physical intense sport. you know no pads it's got a lot of similarities of football some similarities of soccer in there but uh a very, you know, 80-minute game, you know, it's two 40-minute halves, very intense, very, you know, everybody plays offense, everybody plays defense, uh, really fit physical guys, and we're represented from all around the world, uh, from any, everywhere from local guys here in New Orleans that even a, a starter tomorrow is from Jesuit all the way to uh, with 15 other countries. So we have actually represented right now on our 40-man roster with 15 different uh, countries around the whole world. So pretty cool that they're all residing right here uh you know, in Orleans and Jefferson Parish. Ryan Fitzgerald, who uh, is a guy who's been there since day one, 2010, was when um, you arrived in New Orleans, I believe. Um, yes. And uh, the gold has been around now for the seventh season. And uh, this is a sport, I, I've described it as a tough guy sport. It's not golf. You've got to be a warrior to play rugby. Yeah, you sure do. Yeah, like I said, it's uh, obviously a very, you know, physical sport and demanding sport, but it's uh, also you got to be, you know, you know, a lot of intelligence and also a lot of fitness, you know, toughness. Um, like I said, there's special thing about rugby is everybody plays offense, everybody plays defense, and uh, there's 15 players on the field at one time, and you have eight subs. The key is, though, is those substitutions. Once you sub out for the game, you are out for the remainder of the game, kind of similar to soccer in that aspect. So it is not just kind of run one play, tap your helmet and come off for three plays to get some water and come back on. 
or you know, or you're off, you know, because you're on offense, or you know, the defense is on the field, so you're off, and vice versa. Everybody has to defend their position. Everybody is allowed to carry with the ball uh, as well. So it's a very you know high pace, tempo, physical sport. Um, you know, you got to have the physicality and the size, but you also have to have the um, athleticism and the fitness to be able to stay on. Ryan is a native. A little, little bit of everything. This man's from Wind Lake, Wisconsin. And as I mentioned, you've been in New Orleans now, I guess, about 14 years. That had to be a transition of sorts. Yes, sir. Certainly was. Yeah, coming from Wind Lake, Wisconsin, a very small town. I think my senior year, we got our first stoplight <laughs> uh, in the town. Uh, you know, so uh, very small town. Uh, obviously, the Marine Corps prepped me for that as well. Went to, went to the Marine Corps and 2003, 2007, you meet people from all around the world and uh, served with guys from, you know, all parts of the United States, some of the best men you'll meet. And then obviously going to Iraq twice, give you a different perspective on life. So had a little uh, prep for it as far as uh, seeing other parts of the United States and other parts of the world. But yeah, obviously coming down to New Orleans, um, you know, night and day compared to Wisconsin as far as that, you know, uh, you know, but again, you know, New Orleans is one of those uh, very unique cities that doesn't compare to a lot of uh, cities in the world, and I think that's what makes it special. You know, very unique place. Right, so, no, no place like it. Well, tell us about the opener this Saturday, March second. Yeah, March second, three p.m. right here at the the Gold Mine, uh, the Shrine on Airline, nicknamed the Gold Gold Mine. Uh, three p.m. You could, you know, for tickets or anything like that go on our website, New Orleans, uh, you know, NolaGoldRugby.com or any of our Instagram platforms or any of those Facebook. But we're really excited for a 3 p.m. kickoff right here. Should have a great crowd. Just had a, a lot of a lot of stuff going on in the community with the team um, getting out there. Even yesterday at Chick-fil-A, uh, 500 people buying tickets right there at Chick-fil-A. Guys were handing out food and um, helping out the community right there in the area. So I'm um, excited to bring the kids. Uh, very fan family-friendly uh, orientated kids to be out on the field prior before the game, uh, playing playing some flag rugby and touch, two and touch rugby with some of our players that are not playing this weekend. Uh, fans are welcome to be right there in the party shack, and then even after the game, one very very unique, awesome thing about rugby that uh, no one. Okay. Uh, you're fading a little bit on us, Ryan, but uh, for those who are perhaps unable to hear, it's NOLA Rugby, NOLAGoldRugby.com, NOLAGoldRugby.com. 3 p.m. is the uh, time for the game uh, this Saturday at the Shrine on Airline. And who will you be playing? Old Glory, D.C. They're from uh, Washington, D.C. Yeah, okay. Well, sounds like they need to be roughed up a bit, so... Uh, Good luck. They do. <laughs> Good luck on Saturday. Tough guy, Marine veteran, combat veteran, and thank you for your service to our country, Ryan Fitzgerald. Appreciate you. Take care. Have a good season. And we're joined in studio by Maggie Conero, who's been an advocate and activist and organizer in this community for a while. She grew up in Baton Rouge, and she is uh, a Democrat, and she is here because she has now gotten the political bug to some extent and is trying to get a seat on the Democrat State Central Committee. The election is next month, as in March, as in tomorrow will be March, but the election is March 23rd. And Maggie Conero, uh, I understand you have a fairly prominent opponent. We might get to that in just a few, but... What prompted you, after all these years, is uh, being on the periphery just a bit to decide to get in the arena? Um, really, this past fall, I mean, we saw a complete failure by the Democratic State Party. And, I mean, they failed to recruit candidates in 44 state House and Senate races, which led to 
basically before election, Republican supermajority failed to elect a single Democrat to statewide office, failed to get top of the ticket to a runoff, um, failed to fund and support candidates. Uh, it was, I mean, it was a total wash. And, you know, realizing that there was a role that folks like myself can play um, at a local level with Democratic Parish Executive Committees or DPECs as they're called, or the DSCC, the Democratic State Central Committee, there's a role for folks who who felt really um, powerless this past fall and really disappointed in in the energy that the party had around the elections. And so, um, yeah, I just, you know, was curious, curious about the race. And then this, there was this uh, groundswell grassroots movement of uh, reform movement, really, interest from other folks like myself from around the state who uh, we got together and and decided to all run together. And so there's, I'm one of 100 reform candidates running across the state for these DSCC races. A lot of us are also on DPEC tickets. And we're really just eager to get in there, do the work, and make a Democratic Party that functions. And so um, you can learn more about the movement at blueRebootLA.org and find your own candidate in your own area. You're trying to remake the Democratic Party, which not so long ago was the preeminent party in Louisiana. It was where the Republicans are now, which shows how cycles come and go. And I would imagine that uh, if we live long enough, and some, of course, listening will live, live much longer than I, we'll see this cycle back around at some point. But it's a process, and, uh, of course, the person who's getting a lot of the attention and perhaps uh, much of the blame, and some of it deserved, probably some of it not deserved, is Katie Bernhardt. But can one person make a difference? I, I suspect one of the major objectives is to find a new chair. What, what's your take on where the leadership is going right now? New leadership is 100 uh, percent task number one going into a new DSCC. Um, I mean, the lack of communication, you know, their role really is to inspire voters. We saw the lowest voter turnout in the last five gubernatorial elections. And um, was it Katie alone? Probably not. Certainly not. Um, but we've got a lot of energized folks, emerging leaders who are eager to get in there and do the work, do the work of building a party, um, engaging voters and and. And really just starting to turn that tide. I mean, you were talking about cycles and how it will cycle. Hopefully, you know, March 23rd, it's an opportunity for that cycle to get going right now. 877-217-5757 is your Talk Louisiana number. Maggie Conroe at the ready. If you'd like to send us an email, talk at talklouisiana.org. We're back in 89.3 seconds. This is Jim Easter. You are listening to Talk Louisiana. There is an election March 23rd in Louisiana. I believe that's when we're voting for the presidential candidates. And, of course, it's basically a non-race on both sides. Bit of a drama, I guess, on the Republican side, uh, but not much, with Nikki Haley challenging Donald Trump until further notice and Joe Biden running almost unopposed on the Democratic side. And the election, of course, is November 5th. And in Louisiana, not much mystery, but Donald Trump will almost certainly carry Louisiana if he's not in a prison cell or in a hospital or in the morgue. But I think he's going to be hale and hearty and he's going to win Louisiana. It's going to be a close race. But unfortunately, because of the Electoral College, 
Not much action here, but on the ballot on the 23rd of March, if you are a Republican, you can vote for the Republican Central Committee. And if you're on the Democratic side, you can vote for the Democratic State Central Committee members. And Maggie Conneroe, longtime advocate, still a young person, but uh, is a person who was involved in politics going back, I think, to her early 20s. She is on the ballot along with 100 reform candidates, and one of the objectives of these young Democrats, mostly young, is to change the fabric of the party, which really took a bath. Think about it, that the Democrat who got the most, highest percentage in the election last fall was Dustin Granger, and he got 34% of the votes. And this is from a party which two decades ago was still in charge. What's going on? And Maggie Conneroe is a brave person because in her first foray as an electoral candidate, she's running against a person who is pretty well known. You you could have chosen an easier opponent. You know, I was actually surprised when my opponent got in the race. Um, She has been my state representative for, I think, three terms. Um, I voted for her. We're talking about Denise Marcel. Denise Marcel. C. Denise Marcel. Clara Denise Marcel, by the way. And, um, you know, she's been in this DSCC seat for, uh, she's won three terms, but it's vacant right now, uh, which means she resigned from it earlier in this term. So she resigned, but wants to return. She does want to return. And, and she and I have had a conversation. We had a good conversation. Um, and you know, I told her I would stay in the race. I didn't want to make the choice for the voters. I wanted to give voters a choice at the polls. Um, but really, I think for myself and all the other reform candidates that are running for these DSCC seats, what's important to remember is that our state legislators, like Representative Marcel, anybody who's in the Senate, look at what's gone on the last you know, 50 days, the two special sessions that we've had. I mean, they have their work cut out for them during this term. They can be down at the Capitol doing the work of the lawmaker. And I really think this is an opportunity for um, emerging folks like myself in the party to get in there, do the organizing work of rebuilding the party, re-engaging voters. I mean, people are really, really disenchanted, really disappointed with what's been going on. And so um, I think this is a great opportunity to get more folks in in DPECs and in DSCCs across the state. 877-217-5757 if you'd like to talk with Maggie Conneroe. Patricia in Magnolia Woods, you're on Talk Louisiana. Uh, uh, good morning. So I'm one of those people that uh, agrees with you that the Democratic Party in Louisiana really needs to turn around. And so I was wondering what, uh, you know, just a voter could do to help uh, besides voting on March 23rd. And can you also tell me how to get the uh, reform slate that you're on? Uh, get a list of those. Thanks. Yeah, absolutely. You can go to blueRebootLA.org. Um, you can also check out um, their Instagram social media presence, Blue Reboot LA. Uh, we've got all of our candidates that are running for DSCC seats. A lot of them, like myself, are also running for DPEC seats. I'm on every uh, registered Democrat's ballot this um, this election. And so really helping us get the word out. You know, Jim, a second ago you were talking about Um, Democrats who have been around for a while remember when, you know, this was the party here. And on Sunday, I had a chance to go meet with um, the 
the Democrats of Southside Gardens over on Perkins, which was amazing. <laughs> Our Had friend great... Mark Calvert, yeah. Yeah, it was, it was really great. And um, But they were all looking around. They were like, what has happened? And they were telling me stories about just when they were younger, mm-hmm. remembering, you know, uh, getting voters to the polls with their parents for um, Earl K. Long. Uh, somebody there worked in Edwin Edwards' office. I mean, they really were like, you know, when we were younger, everyone was a Democrat. Um, and so... Anyway, I think for folks that are feeling disenchanted and disengaged and disappointed, um, finding your reboot candidate, you can learn more about my campaign at votemaggie.la. Um, easy to spell. I left my last name out of there. I'm the only Maggie on the ballot. Um, but yeah, we've got some great options on the at-large ticket to really get some, and, and all the DPEC uh, races, to really get some new folks in there who are really interested in doing the work of uh, talking with Democrats and getting folks back on board and getting people energized and informed about elections. One other thing I'll say is, Jim, you were talking about the presidential primary that's coming up, um, or not just the presidential primary, sorry, the the presidential race in the fall. What's important to remember here in EBR is we'll have our very own really important races going on. And so even if folks the feel mayor's like, race, yes, we've example. got the mayors, uh, city council, I believe constable and some others. And so, um, you know, folks, you don't want to stay home and think, oh, my vote doesn't count, because in these local races, I mean, really, all well, politics is local. And your vote does count. I'm just saying the outcome is not going to be in doubt. I encourage people to vote, and that means voting big elections, small elections. I think I have an almost perfect attendance record, by the way, so I practice what I preach. But but uh, most of the times when we go, uh, if we follow politics, we pretty much know who's going to win. There are some mysteries, but very few. And uh, it's Donald Trump's won here twice by 400,000 votes in Louisiana, but he's lost East Baton Rouge Parish twice. That's a statement in itself that the biggest parish in Louisiana has not gone for the Republican who's loved and loved a lot in many other parts of our state. Now, listener asked, now, there is some confusion because we still have an open primary in Louisiana for most elections. But for this election, it's always been closed. Uh, You can't vote if you're a Republican in the Democratic State Central Committee race or vice versa. But a listener asked a question, what about independents? Are they allowed? Independents, you got to commit. This is a two-party system. So So look, you you have until March 2nd to uh, end your self-disenfranchisement. You can, uh, you know, change to the party. I have a lot of friends who are progressive, Democrat-leaning. They're doing their little protests you know, no party, independent voters. Um, and I really think if you are one of those people, this is a good time. Change your uh, your registration, update it, register as a Democrat, um, help us get some reform candidates in there. Because if, if you are no party or independent because you're disenchanted with the status quo of our state party, this is a chance to influence it. Chris Anopolis. Chris, you're on Talk Louisiana with Maggie Conero. Hi, Chris. Hey, uh, yeah, considering that the uh, two parties have decided that Nero and Caligula are, are, are the best choices for uh, for the world right now, I think the best bet would be for everyone to vote for Aaron Bushnell. All right. We'll, 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 we'll let that one go. Fairly in Mid-City. Fairly, good morning. You're on Talk Louisiana. Good morning. Good morning, Jim, and good morning, Maggie. And I am one of those no-party folks that did just switch over to the Democratic Party because of people like Maggie that are running in these races. So thank you, Maggie, for all of your work, and best of luck to you. Thank you, Fairly. Love to hear it. Phil and Jefferson Terrace. Hello, Phil. You're on with Maggie. Oh, good morning. And uh, 
thank you. Um, this is a good time to get involved in uh, progressive politics, especially if you're a young person. Uh, there is funding to be had. There are places encouraging um, uh, making our world a better place, and we can make change for the better. Um, thank you. Thank you. All right. You want to respond, Meg? Yeah, I, I think that's, like, I really appreciate that sentiment. I think people feel really hopeless, honestly. I think for young folks, it's really tough. Um, you know, we're facing just a lot. I think the climate crisis is just, I mean, is there anything more ex- and more existential crisis that we're facing? I mean, it's really impacting the way, like the choices that people make are making and whether or not they want to stay in Louisiana. And so we need some hope. We need some, we need a plan. You know, power is, um, at least two people with a plan. And so, you know, that's what we've got here. And we're really hoping to make something happen. Jordan in Ogden Park says, as a long time, no party voter, why is it important to register as a Democrat if we're unsatisfied with either party? We'll get Maggie's take on this when we return. A few more minutes with her. If you'd like to get in, 877-217-5757. This is Jim Inkster. You're listening to Talk Louisiana. A few more minutes with Maggie Conneroe, and then we'll hear from a fabulous singer who lives in our area, Keanu Linnell, American blues and jazz singer, arranger, and songwriter, born in Tyler, Texas, and taking the world by storm, graduate of LSU. 877-217-5757. The question from Jordan about, I think Jordan is a lady. Um, she asked why she should change her party affiliation. What is it about the Democrats that's uh, the bomb for people who are considering moving to their ranks? Look, I'm really talking to the folks who are listening that are registered as no party, but if I ask them, who was the last Republican you voted for? They say, I've never voted for a Republican here. Change your party. (laughs) And actually, Jordan just texted me. I know Jordan, and she just changed her party. So get involved, um, you know, make it to the mm-hmm. polls. Early voting is March 9th to the 16th. Um, if you're a mail-in ballot person, uh, you've already got your ballot. That means if you're listening and you've got your mail-in ballot, uh, check out blueRebootLA.org for a slate of reform candidates running around the state for DSCC. Many of us are also on the DPEC ticket. You can also look at uh, visit my website, votemaggie.la. My email's on there. Please reach out. Um, anyone who's interested and has energy, get involved, reach out. We'll get you plugged in. Ryan Van Denter says, I changed my party registration to Republican so I could vote against Trump in the primary. I think more center-left Democrats should switch parties to tamp down on the chaos in the Republican Party. That's an interesting uh, strategy. <laughs> uh, there are probably a few people doing that, too. There are a few people doing that. I have another friend who... Um, she, I don't think she realized that I was on the ticket and she got in the car the other day. We were all going somewhere and she got in the car enthusiastically, was no party, said, y'all, I changed my registration. I thought for sure she was going to say to Democrats, she said, I'm a rhino. I was like, oh my God. She had the same kind of thought. But look, the reason I'm running right now and I've never ran in the past is because this is an organized effort. It's not just me alone trying to get in there and do something radical. Uh, there's more than a hundred of us running around the state um, really trying to make something happen. And so uh, if you want to be the lone wolf who's in, trying to infiltrate the Republican Party, go for it. But um, there's something really happening over here on the Democrat side. And so I encourage folks, you got until March 2nd mm-hmm. to change your registration. And um, and yeah, let's, let's make a mm-hmm. Democratic Party that works. 
Mark Bornstein, who's a big-time Republican and uh, listens to the show on occasion, and a few years ago we exchanged some hostile emails with each other and ended up meeting and became friends. And But he says the outlook for Louisiana Democrats is dim, which is good news for everybody. <laughs> I mean, no joke. Look, I have a friend who literally works for um, an oil company, and, and she was like, I'm proud of you, Maggie. You know, the least you can do is make it a fair fight. I mean, we are really handing the Republicans um, basically everything. And I'm just not quite ready to cede my state and my home to the extremism that we've seen the last 50 days. I've mentioned that I get gobs of emails every day from John Neely Kennedy, and I hope he, he keeps them coming because they are entertaining. And one yesterday... He actually sent it. It was a headline on an email from our junior U.S. senator who says that uh, Joe Biden is polling right up there with chlamydia. That's the headline on his email from our junior U.S. senator. Where is his mind right now? Uh, no comment. He is a yeah. former, he's former, Dem- <laughs> former Democrat. As we know, and and John Kennedy yesterday, after doing this, he showed a a, a photo of himself at a committee hearing in Washington, looked legitimate, and he had a huge picture of a fetus behind him uh, as he was delivering his missive to the masses. So, John Kennedy, hopefully we'll get him back. He, He used to come on this show. He asked to come on back in the day, but now he's too busy getting FaceTime on Fox, but... We're joined now. Thank you, Maggie. Good luck to you. Let's keep in touch. And, Thank you and so I have much. a feeling, no matter how this one goes, uh, Maggie Conero, she's a force to be reckoned with. Look for her name in some political endeavor, uh, perhaps as an elected official sometime. Thank you. All right. Thank you. We're joined in studio by Kiana Linnell. And for those unfamiliar with her, she lives in this area, but she has performed uh, all over the country and some places abroad, correct? All around the world. All around the world. And I met her recently, and she she told me she says, "I'm I'm the big deal." And she used a, used a different word, and it <laughs> it 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 fits because Jim, wait, that that was private conversation. Well, anyway, I didn't say it, but but it's true. And and I I love confident people, and you have reason to be confident. For those who don't uh, know her or her music, uh, Robin's pulled up a sample. We can go ahead and play a little under us. Linnell moved to Baton Rouge, and earned a B.A. in vocal performance from LSU, and here's the sound of the remarkable Kiana Linnell. the idea what an amazing voice she's performed with the baton rouge symphony as a soprano and she regularly performs at uh, new orleans and 
Baton Rouge, and uh, you're going to be at the Jazz Fest? I will be at Jazz Fest, French Quarter Fest, New York in April. April's a busy month. You're here, there, and everywhere. Everywhere, all, all the All the hot spots feature Kiana Linnell. That's right. How did, kicks. how did this all start? <laughs> I mean, you know, I'm a Southern girl. I'm, I'm, a, I'm a, a Southern Texas-born singer, um, born to a family of vocalists. Uh, you know, I started in church, as most of people that look like me do in America. <laughs> and then I traversed around the world sharing my little voice. You got to get a break here and here and there. And uh, you, um, I'm told, uh, were singing for a while at St. James Episcopal back before you became this yes, huge, yes. huge so star. Baton, Baton Rouge is my home. You know, I came to LSU and I, I definitely have been around the world. And I tell everybody that I found my voice, you know, right on Third Street at, at Tabby's Blues Box. I, I definitely will say that's where I got the bite to sing in front of people with that wall broken. You know, I studied classical voice at LSU saying in opera choruses and things like that and recitals. But, you know, there's a difference when you step into a room where people are actually engaging with you in a different way and you can see those waves hitting them in a different emotional effect, you know. So, um, yeah, I came to Baton Rouge, studied voice, studied classical voice. I've got a five-octave range, um, so I can sing just about anything. Not many you. people <laughs> have a five-octave range. Not many at all, baby. I'm, I'm top 1% in a lot of things. I can do pull-ups. I can sing five octaves. I bet I you like can bench press your way. Baby, how do you know, Jim? <laughs> how did you know? I can squat it, too. Like, I'm I'm a total, I believe that your body is your instrument. So I, I really There's focus on... There's no doubt on, that... Uh, Physical fitness is um, important now, but back in the day, we had these real fat opera stars, and today they they don't look like they used to. Well, Jim, you know, I will say there are opera stars that look like everything that you can imagine. That's what we need actually right now today. It is it is prominent that we are fighting to have people that look however they need to look, as long as they sound how they need to sound. Well, that five octave range is that is that a genetic thing or is it something you developed or oh, both? I've trained. It's it's definitely most of it is genetic. But over the last, I will say, twelve months, I've been focusing on my whistle tones, and so the whistle tones are those extended notes above that. Really? Like, yeah. Can you do one right now? <laughs> I knew you were going to say that. Let me see. So this morning, I did my five octaves. I actually posted it. Um, let me see, Jim. You got me here with no water. Like I, it's, you got me on here acting okay. crazy. No, I, no, I get not the today. Idea. It's a little I, early. It's a little early. Well, it's all right. You can do it. And uh, you've got some pipes. And uh, you're a young person, so um, you got, I've got a lot, so much more singing to do. So more, so much more to go. And um, this is a great place for music, isn't it? Louisiana. Yeah, definitely. So I wrote a song about Baton Rouge. You probably saw it on WAFB for the last year. Um, right after the flood, I dedicated the song to the city, donated uh, the proceeds to any musicians and artists that lost instruments from the flood of 2016. So, yeah, this is my home. I went to LSU. Um, I have a very good relationship with O'Neill. I studied voice with Patricia O'Neill. That's the O'Neill family with yeah, the pianos, I know. right? I know. Um, I know. And also Julie. Skip yeah. and Terry Harris were vocal instructors of mine. So Ooh, I, I am see a, regularly at Louis, two wonderful people. Yeah, I'm they a know their stuff. girl. Yeah. <laughs> And doing Baton Rouge proud, and still live here. Yeah, well, I live out in in, in Geismar now. That's so I'm close a enough, right? The, uh, the greater two Metro Baton Rouge. Baby, Baton Rouge is is where it's at. Yeah, and you're, that makes you close to New Orleans as well. You have a performance there on the 14th, right? That's right. I'm doing a Chicky Wawa show with my band, it's Kiana Linnell and the Lush Life Band. It's going to be very blues infused. 
um, rocking good time, mm-hmm. a rocking good time. On yeah. the 14th, and, and this is where? In New Orleans. I know. In, in March. But, uh, Chicky Wawa. Chicky Wawa. Chicky Wawa, yeah. What have I missed by not being the Chicky Wawa? <laughs> you have missed some of the best barbecue. Like, they have some of the best food. Um they have a really beautiful, eccentric, eclectic environment. There's an outdoor patio. Mm-hmm. And you're going to miss me. You haven't seen me, baby. Listen. Yeah, well, you got it going. There's no <laughs> doubt you're you're quite a presence. And that goes, as my friend and mentor Gus Weil said, you, you got to put a little sizzle with the steak, Jim. You know, it's got to it's got to it's got to meet you before you before you put it in your mouth. You need to see it, smell it, hear it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> when they bring out that plate and it's like, sh- you're like, oh, my God, what is that? But Jazz Fest as well, right? Yes. I'm, this is like my 14th year, Jazz Fest. I've been there. I'm so excited. And she is still a young person. So you started very young and, as mentioned, graduated from Louisiana State University. She's performed with people like Herbie Hancock. I mean, that's high cotton. Yep. Terrence Blanchard. Yep. Strong, strong. Nona Hendricks. We're yep. talking big time people. And Keanu Linnell's a, a name and a voice that uh, I think will be appreciating for many years in this community. We hope you'll stay here. This is home. I'm, I'm working on it, you know. I'm working Okay, on it. <laughs> and we look forward to this is the first of, I hope, many conversations we have keep with Kiana because she is a dynamo. There is no doubt. Congratulations. Yeah, nice keep going. I, Let's talk up, soon. I can give you those whistle tones. I didn't there know you, you were going to put me on. We'll do it next time. <laughs> this is Jim Inkster. You're listening to Talk Louisiana, and we have a real treat right now. We're visiting with one of the longest serving announcers on radio and host Mike Costello. Michael Costello is the owner and morning show host of WTIX FM 94.3 in New Orleans, which specializes in oldies. And if you've heard Michael there since 1995, and prior to that, he's been on the air in the mornings continuously in the great city of New Orleans for 42 years, you'll hear a lot of the Beatles. He grew up in an era, as did I, in which the Beatles were supreme. And this month, February of 2024, marks 60 years since the Beatles made their big appearance on the Ed Sullivan Show. February 9th at the time, when we had many fewer people in our country, 73 million people watched it. And the Beatles, of course, had staying power and still do. It's been almost 44 years since John Lennon died, and it's been 60 years since they came to America. But the Beatles are, I think, arguably and without question, the greatest band in the history of music. And Michael Costello, I know you love them a lot. What's the reason for their staying power? Well, you know, they they were just, you know, so creative. I mean, it would have started out just like, you know, any major artists, you know, in addition to the talent, they usually have some sort of um, uh, uh, gimmick or uh, extra thing about them, you know, and then, you know, Elvis was the swiveling hips and, the, you know, the stage presence and the, you know, the Beatles, of course, were the, the mop top hairdo and they were from Britain and, and that was something different, you know, and later, of course, Elton John and his flamboyant style and artists like Kiss and, you know, their makeup. So you know when you have something additional that 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 stands you out, and and that's what brought them to the forefront. But there was just so much incredible talent, especially with um, John and Paul, that the, the music even launched it even higher than than the Spain power. Well, it was February ninth, nineteen sixty four, when they were on the Ed Sullivan Show, which was a Sunday night staple on CBS, and the Beatles sold two and a half million records 
in the country in the month after that appearance, and they became the first act to hold all top five spots in the Billboard Hot 100 chart. Billy Graham, who didn't like rock music, uh, he did tune in that night, and he dismissed the Beatles as a passing phase. Well, Reverend Graham was right about a lot of things, but was wrong about that. And Mike, as you know, they only had about six years on the world scene together. What a six years. And over that time, their music evolved, and it went from one style to another, and each style has its place. Oh, yeah, everything. I mean, you know, in the early days, it was, you know, the the pop songs. And, and if you really listen to them, it was definitely revolutionary. You know, the, I want to hold your hands and can't buy me love. And, uh, you know, she loves you and all those. And then they started to get a little more sophisticated, you know, with the rubber sole and the, uh, um, uh, revolver. And then things really launched when they got into Sergeant Pepper. So the, the music style changed over the years, but you know, it was, it was all you know ahead of its time. And it was only 79 days after the assassination of President Kennedy that they made this appearance. America was looking for, I think, a respite from the turmoil that was going on in the country at that time. And February of 64 also brought us Cassius Clay, who was to become Muhammad Ali, who on the 25th day of that month beat Sonny Liston for the title. And ironically, the Beatles and Cassius Clay spent some time together in Miami, and there is an iconic photograph or two. But the Beatles uh, came at the right time and the right place. They took America by storm and were very popular in New Orleans, as you might expect. And uh, the, the concert at City Park Stadium later that year in September is one that is remembered perhaps as the greatest or most memorable concert in the history of many great ones in New Orleans. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, we, we celebrated on WTIX every, um, uh, every September 16th. We have um, a recording of an entire 1964 show, which they were pretty much the same. You know, there's no full recording of the one in New Orleans, but we do have a recording of a of a 1964 concert, which would have been very similar, of course, and we play uh, uh, excerpts from that all throughout the day, uh, every year on September 16th. Well, Paul McCartney, who you mentioned, is still going. <laughs> he he feeds on the energy of the crowd, and he still got it, and he is Paul oh, McCartney. Oh, absolutely, yeah. And and in addition to you know the the, the quality of of his performance, he and his band. The production is, is I mean, um, as good as it gets, you know, especially when he does Live and Let Die and, and you know, and then when he does Hey Jude, I mean, among others, I mean, it brings the house down. Who was your favorite Beatle at the time when you were a young lad of 13 watching them on the Ed Sullivan show? You know, I, I would probably have to say Paul, um, as probably um, quite a lot of other people. Um, and of course, as the years went by, you know, I used to vacillate between John and Paul, and then um, I'd say for the last 20 or 30 years, it's been Paul. You know, when you, when you really dig into the music and you see how much of it he was actually responsible for. Well, he is a guy who is an, an amazing phenomenon and that he's been popular for all these decades since. And, uh, oh. and he, he at one time was accused of not working hard. I think he works really hard. But what about oh, Lennon? What, what what would his career, it's hard to know, but I suspect yeah. he would not have rested on his laurels if he had not been killed so tragically on December 8th, 1980. 
Yeah, you know, he, he had taken that, that little hiatus for about five years and, you know, had the kid and was raising the family, and he was just at that time getting back into it. And, um, yeah, I mean, who knows? Um, he was working on the second album, uh, Milk and Honey, and that did come out you know, posthumously for him. Um, and who knows? I mean, uh, you know, Paul had a, a successful career in the 80s, and uh, I think John would have too. Well, the Beatles went from New York to Washington in 1964, and they stayed at the Shoreham Hotel. And uh, in the lobby there, you can read the song list uh, that they had at the Washington Coliseum, written by Lennon, handwritten, by the way, on Shoreham Stationery. And I've got it right here. Not the original, but a copy of it. They did 12 songs, uh, Michael, and Beethoven, uh, From Me to You, I saw her standing there, this boy, um, all my lovin', I want to be your man, please, please me, till there was you, she loves you, I want to hold your hand, twist and shout, and they close with long, tall Sally. And at that time, it's hard to believe they didn't have that many hits, <laughs> but that yeah, changed. Well, you know, that like, ch- like every. Go ahead. Oh, that's it. Yeah. Like everybody, you know, every band, you know, started off playing covers, you know, as, as did they. And they had a whole bunch of covers that they did. I mean, a whole list of them, you know. And when you mentioned the the, uh, the song list, I mean, let me give you this one. Uh, in the 89-90 um, world tour from Paul, <clears throat> excuse me, um, I had the pleasure of getting front row seats at the concert at Rupp Arena in Lexington, Kentucky. And it was so close to the stage, and he's got the Hofner bass. And you could see, taped to the Hofner bass was from, it must have been the 65 tour, but it was the Beatles playlist that he, that he was going to be doing. And although you couldn't really read it, but you could see the little piece of paper uh-huh. with the song list on the neck of the guitar. And he carried that with him, and this was in 1990, with his Hofner bass, the same guitar he used back in the 64 and 65 tour. Well, I mentioned McCartney. I think he's now 81, which means he is more than double Lennon in life. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. What was the relationship yeah. with them? They had their ups and downs. <clears throat> well, you know, um, when they, they met as, as teenagers, they became very good friends, um, and that rode through the Beatle years. And, uh, and a lot of people like to say it was the introduction of Yoko. That kind of kind of broke apart the Beatles and that kind of put a little bit of a strain uh, in the relationship between John and Paul um, because, you know, John brought Yoko into the sessions and Paul just thought, you know, when we're in session, it's just the four of us and nobody else, you know, and then, uh, then things got basically out of hand and then they were kind of on the outs for uh, several years. And then they, um, they would kind of start to make, you know, make up with each other. Uh, and there's, there's, there's one story that, that Paul was visiting John in New York. I think it was 1979 and it was a Saturday night and they were watching TV and it was Saturday night live. And they came up with the idea of going to Saturday night live and just surprising them and showing up and they were ready to leave. And then the phone rang and John answered it with some friend of his and he got tied up on the phone call and just time slipped away. Well, they made an impression and still do. And Paul McCartney and Ringo Starr are still around, but Paul is, he's still killing it. Uh, What a man and what a talent. And And we're glad you're around. Yeah, if you haven't ever been to any one of his shows, 
do so before there are no more because they're really incredible concerts. Hey Jude, don't make it bad. Take a sad song and make it better. Remember to let her into your heart. Then you can start to make it better. Hey Jude, don't be afraid. You were made to go out and get her. The minute you let her under your skin, then you begin to make it better.